Well, welcome to Sisterhood. Thank you so much for joining us this semester as we have learned what it means to be unashamed, unshakable, and unstoppable. So whether you're joining us at one of our campuses in a home group or a Zoom group, we're so thankful that you made time to connect with other women and God's word and grow in your faith this semester. And it's hard to believe that we are already in lesson eight of our series. And tonight we're going to be talking about being unstoppable even in our pain. The reality is that every single one of us has experienced pain on some level. Sometimes it feels like a thousand paper cuts over time that have eroded our self-confidence or our ability to trust people. And sometimes that pain is something that happens in a moment. And whatever happened in that moment, it feels like nothing will ever be the same again. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one, a diagnosis, a car accident. Maybe it was the betrayal of a friend or someone who wounded you and it, it changed the trajectory of your life. Regardless of whether or not you are currently in a season where you feel like it's been those thousand paper cuts or that moment that took your breath away, we have all experienced pain. And we all find our own coping mechanisms to deal with hardship, right? For some of us, it's Netflix. For many of us, it's ice cream. Who are my, where are my ice cream girls at? For some of us, it's shopping. Online shopping, buying yourself something pretty seems to make things feel better. And sometimes when you're in a season where there's a lot of pain, taking a moment to get a breath of fresh air and do something like that is okay. But if that coping mechanism becomes a way of life rather than a moment in time, there's a bigger problem. When we find a way of escape from the hurt we're experiencing, it becomes so much easier to pretend that everything is okay. Now, if you had a large physical wound, you know that if you didn't address the physical wound, eventually the wound would get worse and it would get infected. And so you know that there is intensity and priority that has to happen in getting that wound medicated and taken care of. Yet for some reason, we have ourselves believing that emotional wounds are different. Emotional wounds can just be put aside and ignored and we can just pretend that everything's okay, nothing to see here, and, and go on with life. The point of learning to be unstoppable in our pain is not to keep moving so hard and fast regardless of what we experience. The point is to be unstoppable in our commitment to mental, emotional, and spiritual health at all costs so that we can be the healthiest version of ourselves and therefore more like Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The point is to be unstoppable in our commitment to mental, emotional, and spiritual health at all costs so that we can be the healthiest version of ourselves and therefore more like Jesus. The journey of working through pain is not a one-size-fits-all solution, nor is it typically a quick and easy process. The process of dealing with pain is a journey, 
And even when we think that we have worked through the pain of something, oftentimes there are triggers that will happen sometimes months, weeks, years later, and it will catch our breath. And we'll wonder where that came from because we thought that we had dealt with it. Let's talk for a minute about the purpose of pain. Many of us have either asked the question or heard someone ask the question, how can a good God allow so much suffering? Now, first of all, to answer that question, we have to understand that not all pain and suffering is bad. At times, a smaller pain is actually protection from a much larger pain. If a child starts to run into the street out of disobedience and we bring them back in and we give them disciplinary action and correction, they may feel pain for a moment, but we know that it is ultimately for their good because we are actually protecting them from getting hit by a car so much later on. And we have the foresight as parents to know that we need to help teach our children those protective measures. So how much more does our Heavenly Father know what we need to be protected from? And sometimes there is pain that he allows us to go through because he knows that it is ultimately protection from something so much worse. Pain is a symptom that something is wrong. Physical pain is a sign that something internally needs to be dealt with. And while we don't like the pain we're experiencing, how else would we know that we need a physician? Now, if I were God, and I am not, nor will I ever claim to be even close, but I tend to think that I would have created a world that just didn't have pain. I mean, I have children, and I hate watching my kids go through pain. It's almost harder on me than it is on them at times. But there's a disease called SEPA, and it's the congenital insensitivity to pain and anhydrosis. And this disease makes it so that someone with it cannot sense pain or feel temperature. And that might sound good at first until you consider the ramifications for that. Someone with SEPA may have broken bones, third-degree burns, they may get appendicitis, all sorts of other ailments, and they will never even know that they needed a physician. In fact, most people that have SEPA don't live past the age of 25 because of the things that happen to them that end up going undiagnosed. Ladies, pain is an indicator that we need to meet with the great physician. And it is for our good. Ultimately, emotional pain is a signal we need a savior. Can you imagine for a moment what type of world we would actually live in without emotional pain? There would be no sensitivity for how our actions affect other people. So we think this world is cray-cray right now. Imagine it where nobody felt pain. Abuse, murder, lawlessness would abound in levels greater than we can fathom. The reality is that God allowing us to experience pain is actually his mercy. Now I know that there's some tra trauma, tragedy, 
pain that we experience that just seems senseless. We have all heard, seen, or experienced things that just seem so unfair. More often than not, these things happen simply because we live in a sinful world. We've been given free will to make choices, and so has everybody else around us. And so because of that free will, we make dumb decisions, and it causes pain. I've personally wrestled with the question, why, when dealing with pain? I don't like to experience pain that I don't have control over. You see, I'm okay if I go to the gym and the next day I feel pain because my muscles are sore because I worked out a little harder the night before. That's the kind of pain that I would say is a good pain because I know that the work I did is yielding fruit. But I don't like the kind of pain that I don't have control over. And it often feels as if I understood the purpose between, behind the hard things that I'm going through, it would be easier to accept them. You see, I want to make sense of it desperately. But seeing a glimpse of the purpose behind my suffering doesn't actually satisfy. And here's why. Because if we could see the purpose behind all of our pain and suffering, we would constantly be measuring whether or not the pain we experienced was equal in our eyes to the redemptive work that God had done out of it. But the reality is we don't get to see the entire redemptive work God has done from our pain on this side of eternity. Jesus and intimacy with him is the only thing that will truly satisfy my hurting heart. Having all the answers, it might seem like it would make things better, but Jesus is the only one that will. There are things that I'm never going to understand this side of heaven but ladies, I don't want to serve a God that is so small and finite that I can attempt to figure him out. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 in the Passion Translation says, For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now. But one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. We serve a God that is all-knowing, all-powerful, and full of love for each and every one of us, and he can be trusted, and we can trust that the pain he allows will yield a greater purpose. Let's consider the blind man that Jesus healed in John chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. It says, as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And then Jesus goes on to heal him. This man's blindness wasn't a result of his sin, but it provided an opportunity for the miraculous to happen so that God could be glorified. In him, we have hope for the future. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God of hope. But that's not the greatest gift that we have. The greatest gift that we have is intimacy with that God of hope. 
that he draws near to us in our suffering. Psalm 34, 18 through 20 says, the Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain and he is always ready to restore the repentant one. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. So how do we live unstoppable in our pain so that we can walk in this health and wholeness? The first thing that we have to do is we have to acknowledge the pain. Many of us are prone to minimizing what we've experienced, and I think we do this for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's because other people have minimized your pain, and so you've learned to do the same. You may have come from a household where your parents consistently told you to suck it up or don't be a baby or that's not really that big a deal. And so you learn to consistently discount your own feelings and emotions and you no longer trust yourself. Maybe you were attempting to be vulnerable with someone else and they didn't know how to handle your pain. And so they responded in a way that was hurtful. Sometimes we do this in the church. Well-meaning Christ followers will use scripture to help us overcome wrong thinking or negativity. Or maybe you've been told that as a follower of Jesus, you cannot be offended. While it's true that we should not live offended, Luke 17, Jesus himself tells us that offenses will come. The scriptural truth that they shared with you remains true, but the methodology in which it was shared with you may have been harmful. Choosing to not remain offended is biblical, but before we can release the offense, we need to acknowledge and work through the pain that the offense caused us. Ignoring the pain does not make you more like Jesus. Pretending like you are untouchable does not make you more like Jesus. Allowing him to come close and provide healing is what makes you more like him. This is one of the reasons why I love the Psalms. Over and over, the the psalmist is real and honest with God about the pain they were experiencing. Psalm chapter 10, verse one, it says, Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? God wasn't actually far away from David in this psalm. Scripture does not contradict itself. We know that God is close. We know that his presence dwells in us. But David was honest and said, you know what, God? I can't feel you right now. It feels like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. It feels like I am all alone in this. Being honest with God is healthy. And as much as you want to ignore it or deny it, guess what? He already knows what you're thinking. Oftentimes, people who invalidate the feelings of others are completely unaware of their actions. They honestly mean well, and honestly, I've probably invalidated the feelings of people myself. Other people do it intentionally, and this is called gaslighting. And its purpose is to leave you feeling as though you are always the one at fault, and it leaves you with the inability to trust yourself. Another reason we minimize our pain is we spend way too much time comparing our pain to everyone else's. 
or the pain we're experiencing now to a pain we experienced at another point in time. When we constantly compare our circumstances to other circumstances, we can either inflate or minimize what we are experiencing. If you're prone to minimizing, your 15 paper cuts may not seem to compare to someone else's broken leg, so you convince yourself it's really just not that big a deal, and you try to sweep it under the rug. Psychologist Dr. Dan Allender says that all denial of what is true is ultimately a commitment to create a world that is more in accord with our wishes than our reality. Denial is not just a flight from the truth, it is a reconstruction of the truth designed to keep us far from what would otherwise break our hearts. Jesus didn't deny the pain experienced. Can we consider how he responded to Martha and Mary's pain when their brother Lazarus died in John eleven thirty five? It says that Jesus wept. When Jesus arrives on the scene and Lazarus has already died, he is very aware of the fact that he is going to raise Lazarus from the dead and it's going to be an amazing reunion. But he doesn't yell at these two women that he loved and say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have faith? Why are you crying? Suck it up. No. It says that Jesus wept with them before he performed the miracle. Or let's consider the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. The religious leaders of the day brought the woman forward to stone her. And according to Jewish law, Jesus had every right to do the same. But instead, he deals with her accusers. He stops the pain. He stops them from continuing to inflict pain on her before he tells her to go and sin no more. He never condoned her sin, but he dealt with her pain first. Acknowledging the pain we've experienced is going to take time and it's going to take intentionality. And there are some pains that you ladies have experienced that you have never dealt with. And if, if that's the case, I would encourage you to carve out some time. Even if it has to be a month from now, put it on your calendar. Find a couple hours where you can slip away and be with Jesus and let him talk to you about it. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you and reveal that pain to you so you can start to work through all that you've experienced. The second thing that we need to do is we need to acknowledge the effects of the pain. If you break your leg, you recognize that there is pain that goes with that broken leg. But there are also effects that go with that pain. You're gonna have to wear a cast. You might not be able to drive a car. You probably can't go swimming. You can't get it wet. You can't play the normal sports. There's pain and there's effects of the pain. For some, pain has made it difficult for us to trust other people. Many of you have pain from your past that affects the behavior that you currently operate in. It affects how you relate with God, how you relate with your spouse, your children, and your friendships. Those are effects of pain that you didn't deal with. Working through the effects of pain we have experienced is going to require a work of the Holy Spirit and time in God's word. It's going to be taking the pain that we have experienced and asking the Lord to show us what are the effects of that pain. 
How do I respond to things now? And what things do I potentially do that are unhealthy simply because of pain I experienced at some point in time? You can't change what you don't acknowledge is a problem in the first place. Owning our own patterns of thinking and behavior is critical in this process. Number three, we need to forgive. We need to forgive ourselves and we need to forgive other people. Forgiving is not forgetting. Things are going to happen to us that we will not forget. Forgiveness is simply releasing the power someone has over you that leads to bitterness and resentment. Forgiveness will not always remove the consequences. When someone has sinned against you, there may be valid consequences that have to be put in place. Oftentimes, we struggle to forgive because we somehow believe that us forgiving them will let them off the hook. The reality is, on occasion, they may be let off the hook. This is called grace, and we all received it when Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. However, there are plenty of times when accountability for actions is imperative. And in these moments, it's important to discern whose responsibility the consequences are. Do I have responsibility to place boundaries with this person or this relationship? And regardless of whether I do or don't, there are also going to be things that are God's responsibility. And I don't have to take on God's responsibility. How many are thankful for that? It's his responsibility to deal with that individual in the way that he sees fit. And he doesn't have to report back to us on how he did that. I know that it would somehow validate the pain they caused if we could know the way the Lord handled them. But it doesn't actually. Because then we might question whether or not we thought the punishment was significant enough or the right thing to do, and it would cause us to question God in a whole nother direction. Romans 12, 17 through 19 says, Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scripture says, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. One of the aspects of trusting the Lord is also trusting that he is a righteous judge and that he will bring all sin into account. That's his role, not ours. And if you struggle with forgiving yourself, I know for many this can be one of the most difficult forms of forgiveness. For some of us, we are our own worst critics. We know everything we've done wrong and we remind ourselves of that on a script in our minds over and over and over again. But Romans 8, 1 says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore if anyone is in Christ, she is a new creation. His mercies are new every morning, ladies. And you need to release yourselves from the bondage you've put yourself in because you won't forgive yourself for choices you made years ago. And number four, 
We need to allow God to redeem our pain. The purpose of dealing with our pain isn't because there's some magical unicorn that's just going to come and pick it up and take it off somewhere and make everything all better. A lot of pain, grief, and trauma is honestly just not that simple. We all have very unique experiences with pain. The degree of pain itself isn't necessarily the most important thing to focus on since it's virtually impossible to compare. What is important is what we do with our pain. The word redeem means to exchange something in one's possession for something possessed by another. When we allow God to use our pain and suffering for his good and glory, he provides us with a sweet gift in exchange for the pain that we have experienced. I can't think about God redeeming our pain without being reminded of the story of Ruth and Naomi. If you're familiar with the book of Ruth, you know that Naomi lost her husband, raised her boys as a single mom, and then lost both of her sons. And so having lost a husband and two sons, she has these two daughters-in-law left. And Naomi makes the decision to return to her hometown of Judah. So she tells her Moabite daughters-in-law to return to their families. And one of her daughters-in-law says, I'm going with you back to Judah. And so these two broken and hurting women make the trek back to Judah. And Ruth begins to plow the field of a man named Boaz who was in the family of Naomi. And long story short, Boaz ends up marrying Ruth and they give birth to a son who is ultimately in the lineage of the Messiah. That is a redemption story that they could not have seen on the front end. And honestly, they didn't get to see it on this side of eternity. In our pain, it can feel impossible to see how God could ever use what we have experienced for good. Yet when we lean on, rely, and confidently trust him, he keeps our hearts from becoming bitter, and he uses that pain for good. There are so many different ways that God can use our pain. He can use it to encourage others in their pain. How many know that when you have been through the fire, your level of empathy and compassion changes? And all of a sudden, you see people in a different light through the lens of the pain that they're experiencing that you didn't before. Number two, he refines our character. He changes us. And he also reveals our calling. Pain makes us aware of God's power, and it stirs up that compassion within us for a hurting world. Christians were the first to start hospitals and have done more to help with human suffering than any other movement in history. Why? Because our pain was used for a purpose and God redeemed it. Ashlyn Blocker is a young woman that was diagnosed with SEPA, which is that congenital insensitivity to pain I mentioned earlier. And when she was 12 years old, she had a dream of starting a camp for other families who were going through what she was going through. And so she woke up from that dream and shared it with her parents, and they decided to do something about it. And in 2011, they started their very first camp. 
And afterwards, Ashlyn's mom said, it was an amazing and unforgettable time for sure to actually be in a room and the presence of someone who knows what we've been through, knows your daily life and struggle, and to know you're not alone anymore was amazing. This is what the world longs for, to know that someone sees and understands their pain, to know that they're not alone. And ladies, we have the divine privilege of bringing hope to this hurting world through the compassion, compassion not only birthed in our suffering, but in the suffering of Jesus that he did on the cross for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Lord, that you made the ultimate sacrifice and you experienced pain beyond anything we truly understand or know. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us tonight any areas of hidden pain that we haven't dealt with. I pray that you would help us acknowledge the effects of that pain and work through it. That you would help release us to forgive others as well as ourselves. And Father, that we would get a glimpse of how you redeem that pain to use it for your good and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.